I say, dear Watson, this train is much slower than I had imagined it would be, given the sum we paid to board it, remarked my companion, looking out the window as the Scottish lowlands rolled by. I puffed on my pipe in agreement, nodding. This train ride had already amounted to over five hours, and I was eager to reach our destination and finally get the holiday Holmes and I deserved. He had saved up a bit of money from rewards for solving crimes, and for some reason had decided to spend it on a trip to Scotland with me. I could not complain. I was just about to doze off into a nice quiet slumber, when a scream pierced the ear. A female voice seemed to originate from a couple of cabins away from our own. I started upright, and Holmes was on his feet swinging his coat around his shoulders before I could even get balanced. I followed him to the cabin where a woman was clutching a weeping child in fear. Holmes knelt down. "'What happened here?' I questioned, looking around the small space. Holmes patted the boy's back tenderly, a rare emotional occurrence with my companion. "'Quick, the longer you wait, the further he'll be gone,' shouted the woman. "'He stole my necklace, had a gun to our heads and everything, a dark-haired man with a moustache. He terrorised my child.' She took a shaky breath and pointed as Holmes demanded to know which way the thief went. I followed closely after him, rushing from cabin to cabin, flinging open each door and commanding information from the shocked passengers. All had no idea what he was talking about, and by the time we reached the end of the row of cabins, we had found neither the thief nor a witness to the crime. Dejectedly, we walked back to the woman's cabin and explained that we were unsuccessful in our hunt for the criminal. She undoubtedly was extremely distraught. That was my grandmother's necklace, she wept. The child had stopped crying by then and just gazed at us. I pulled a piece of candy from my pocket and offered it to him. He happily accepted it while his mother sobbed. Holmes attempted to question her further and discovered that the necklace, a gold chain with a large emerald pendant, had been the woman's only form of wealth in the world. Her father recently passed away and had left everything to her elder brother, which was the custom of this day. The lady, Mrs. Quinn, being a widow, had boarded a train for Scotland to live with her sister and her husband until she could find work. It was clear that the story touched my friend's heart, and he pulled a crisp one-pound note from his waistcoat pocket to give her. "'We shall find your necklace, Mrs. Quinn,' he assured the woman, who sniffled and blew her nose into a worn handkerchief. I can promise you that Dr. Watson and I are indeed the best around when it comes to matters of intrigue. He gave me a look out of the corner of his eye, and I furrowed my brow, confused. Then he offered her his contact information and ushered me out of the cabin. In the hallway, he pulled me to the side. Watson, do you know what this means? I could tell that his demeanour had changed, and he was most clearly onto something important. I shook my head. No. He continued. Someone knew she was going to be boarding this very train, gesturing wildly as he talked. Someone was planning this theft all along, and we will surely catch the culprit. I nodded. But who could it be? I asked him, not quite as far into the mystery as he obviously was. The sister or her husband, I'm sure of it, replied my companion firmly. I shook my head. 
Holmes, my dear fellow, if the sister and husband were behind the theft, then why would they consider accepting the widow into their family? That doesn't make any sense. I gave him a befuddled look as I explained myself. Because, dear Watson, he began, chewing on a toothpick he produced from his coat pocket, they mean to turn her out and keep the jewellery for themselves. I pondered the theory. Something tells me that there's more to this than meets the eye, I responded, swallowing and looking out of the window of the train. Green lights sped by with a puff of smoke blowing past from the front of the train. Holmes gave me a look. I think we're on to something, Watson, old chap. He clapped me on the shoulder excitedly and strode back to the cabin. We sat for another half hour until the train arrived at the station, at which point we exited and met our motor car to take us to the hotel. Once there, we unpacked our bags, and I laid down on one of the beds in the room. I was beginning to become frustrated that this holiday was turning into another crime-solving mission.'